Let me tell you, every time we took a little piece of hot dog, we put it on the thing, we throw it out there, just like another fish, another fish. I'm telling you, it's a secret. Secret. So yeah, it's a freebie. You guys are welcome. Um, yeah, I just realized. I, yeah, we'll just use this one. Can you hear me now? All right, cool, cool, cool. So today we're in chapter 21 of John, uh, as you read earlier. And this in many ways is, uh, if you were, if we were able to sit here and nerd out and read it in the Greek, you would notice that there's some differences in chapter 21 of John. And uh, even though our oldest manuscripts have John chapter 21, we sort of just know in the text that something else is going on here, uh, that this is very much meant to be sort of um, read as an epilogue to uh, this gospel. Uh, you can tell just in the text, it's kind of like uh, how Acts is to Luke, right? Luke Acts. It's sort of like this is, this is into the New Testament now. This is like, where are we going? Where do we go from here? Uh, where are we finding the disciples? Where does all this happen and now go to? And so we find here in the text that uh, the disciples, they're back in Galilee. We're like back to our roots in a sense and fishing nonetheless. And um, so scholars will frown upon often cross-pollinating gospel stories. Um, but honestly, you read this and it's just like the dash lights are just going off. Uh, it's like Luke 5, Luke 5. Um, and if you remember several weeks ago, Emily preached from Luke 5. And you may remember she had a PowerPoint and uh, talked about some things. But it's the story when Jesus calls Peter and James and John. It is basically like the same story that we just read. And so when we read John 21, you're like, oh my goodness. It's like, it's like the same disciples on the same Sea of Galilee doing the same thing fishing all night long, catching nothing. Jesus shows up on the shore, says, try over there. They try over there. They get this abundant catch of fish. And it's almost like literally the same story. And so we really, you almost just, you know, you kind of can't ignore it, can you? It's just like right there. Um, there's a few little differences though. Um, but uh, so here they are again and and you have to remember too and I, I think it is important to note that John would have been very familiar with so John's gospel was written after all the other gospels uh, probably by decades and uh, John is very old and so you know you can almost imagine this sort of like redacted this sort of like um, uh, this is the end of the Gospels, and now we're sort of writing this epilogue. There's this sort of like, where are we going now uh, into the New Testament? And so, but you get this scene, you get these same disciples, they fished all night, they caught nothing. Jesus is like, try over there, they try over there. It's like, boom, fish. And uh, yeah, yeah, are you with me? And so, uh, other commentators are fairly harsh on the disciples. Uh, finding them fishing again, which I think is kind of interesting. They're like, have they given up? You know, and as if they're just aimless and wondering. And maybe there is a little bit of that going on. Maybe they're just like, I don't know. Uh, you know, but one also wonders, given their past experience, 
maybe they're maybe they've gone fishing in sort of a hopes to find God again, you know, to reconnect with Jesus, to have a divine encounter, right? Uh, maybe they've been drawn to this moment, back out to this boat, back out to the sea, right? Maybe it's not a aimlessness. Maybe it's something more is going on here. Uh, so I'm going to walk back through the text a little bit, and then we'll pull a few things out this morning. It says, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. He showed uh, himself in this way. Um, We could get into all of this, but it is important to see how Jesus is revealing himself. Gather there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana, who we haven't really even heard about since like chapter one, the sons of Zebedee, and the two other disciples. Um, Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. And they went out and got to the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever fished all night and caught nothing? Man, it is the worst. When I, when I think about my life, glass half empty sometimes, uh, that's just kind of like how it feels like, you know. Like you fished all night and caught nothing. Like, it's like that's just generally what ministry feels like, I think, sometimes, if we're all honest. It's like you pour all these resources and this time and this money, right? How much more passion can be put into fishing, you know? It's like all the doubt seep in. We talked about doubt last week, and we talked about it. Yeah, it's like where are all the fish like it just doesn't seem to be catching anyone you know it's like all that effort and that planning and those initiatives and that marketing right all that writing and all that preparation all night long where are the fish man right have we changed the world yet have we changed the world yet and uh i was talking to emily this last week and, um, you know, she went, uh, I guess it was last week, maybe it was before last week, she went to down to the Capitol because they're doing that whole protest, right, um, trying to get the governor to veto that bill that passed that basically made it like a federal offense to be homeless. And uh, she came home and she was like, uh, man, I was just, I was like, how was it? And she was like, well, they interviewed me for the news, but... Uh, it was just like, where were all the people? She was like, I just, I was just really expecting there to just be droves of folks down there after hearing this news and responding to this thing. But she was like, there was like eight of us, you know, and we were just there and holding it down, you know. And it was like, where, where are all the, where, where, where are the people, right? Shouldn't everybody and their mom be out there? It's like, you ever feel like that? It's like, we're not peddling 80s tubaware here you know like we've got a really we've got a really good thing here we've got like you know this is like quality and authentic and and you know you could actually run over it with your van and it would be fine you know it's like the good stuff that's what i go crazy about all the time when i when i'm out there uh peddling the the creation care gospel you know and, and it's like, how do we get motivated around this? 
literally what we're talking about here is trying to prevent the destruction of the planet you know and, and it's just like i remember uh so on earth day i was like i'm gonna go i'm gonna get on one of these protests because it's earth day and so see this thing this uh event that's happening and the sierra club's promoting it and i I get my sign and I go out inside the road. We're out there. We're out in front of the office where Marsha Blackburn, you know, offices out there in West End. And we're holding our signs. I get out there and there's like 10 of us and the majority high schoolers and they're like our future and a couple other people who are like in their 70s and 80s and like one sort of middle of the road person and like me and another guy who's probably in his 30s you know and uh and it's just like we're doing this and uh yeah it was just like 10 of us though and then every now and then uh, someone who's like, yeah, you guys are doing great, would give us either the thumbs up or they would honk their horn, you know? It's like, that was like, okay, all right, cool, cool, cool. That's like, um, we appreciate what you're doing, but not enough to get out of our climate-controlled car and <laughs> stand with you, but honk, honk, yeah, yeah, you know? And uh, but that's what the whole thing, the whole thing just makes me, uh, you know, a little crazy. It's like fishing all night, and then, gosh, those nets are empty. Doesn't it just feel like the nets are empty sometimes? Things just feel broken. Heck, let's not over-spiritualize this, uh, right? I think, uh, you know, I think it's worth actually talking about actual fishing. Are you with me? You guys are like, Caleb's gone a little off the chain today. Yeah, I mean, the oceans are incredibly overfished. So um, all, the, all the life really happens within the first several miles from shore, right? And we've, at this point, only 1.5% of our oceans are protected. And so uh, like 90% of fish uh, like are just, you know, overexploited at this point. Like we're just depleting the fish stocks. And it's like, what will this mean for us ecologically? We're not even sure, uh, right? But Captain D's, please. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I say all that to say, uh, like quite literally this morning, in all facets, in all ways, in all creation, we need Jesus to show up. Are you with me this morning? In all facets, in all ways, in all creation, we need Jesus to show up. Says just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach. But the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? It's funny because he uses this, it's like, it's called the um, prerogative, I can't remember, particle. But basically, uh, he says it in a way that he expects a no, you know? And the country version of this is like, y'all ain't got nothing, huh? You know? And then he calls them children, which is interesting because that's a very familiar you'll term. Uh, it's very intimate. He, um, he said to them, cast the nets to the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it. And now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Which you've been paying attention in John is that, that phrase, since Jesus was resurrected, keeps coming up. 
it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. Maybe the best verse in the Bible. Uh, are you with me? Like, he's literally torn between his desire to greet Jesus with proper respect, right? Clothes on, and being with Jesus immediately, right? So, uh, you know, and it's just there. It says, but the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about 100 yards off, right? The other disciples were clearly not torn about this in the way that Peter was. And they're like, we'll bring the fish in and then see the resurrected Christ. Uh, you know, and so, all right, all right, all right. Uh, yeah, so you just imagine this scene. Right? If Luke 5 is true, right, if this was how these disciples were called in the first place, and they're just fishing all night, they've caught nothing, and they're like, this is eerily familiar. And, uh, and then Jesus just shows up on the shore, and he's like, but they don't recognize him because he's resurrected Jesus, right? Which all commentators say he must have had a mustache. And uh, so that's why we didn't recognize him. And so they, uh, they see him and he's like, try the other side, try over there. And, and like nothing happens in the text. So it's just like, they're just like looking at each other, you know, just. <laughs> you know, we don't really know how that that went down and then huge catch right huge catch and so it is the Lord right man such a cool moment here this moment this is like Jesus signature move okay this move of just total abundance this is like the ridiculous uh, calling card Jesus abundance moment that Jesus does over and over. Actually, in John, the gospel begins, so the first miracle in John, this happens too, where Jesus is at a wedding, and he turns just water into wine. You know the story. But it's just gallons and gallons and gallons of wine. It's like ridiculous abundant wine. And then later in chapter 6 of John, they're right around the corner from where they are right now, and everybody's hungry. You know the story. Couple fish, couple pieces of bread, and Jesus feeds thousands, ridiculous amounts of abundance, right? And then he's like, gather up the fragments, and there's like 12 baskets left over, right? And it's just like again and again. And so again, in this story, and even here in these few verses, the writer just keeps reiterating how large it is, how abundant it is. It even says there's 153. Somebody counted how many fish there are. 153, right? When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire with fish on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of that fish you just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Interesting. Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them. Some versions even add, and he gave thanks. Right? Something going on there. 
and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Jesus draws them in one more time. He feeds them one more time. But this is so crucial. Did you catch that difference that happens in this, in this version rather than in Luke's version? In Luke's version, when they were called, they caught so many fish, it says, just like this version, except it says the nets were broken, that the nets actually were torn. And then here in John, in this epilogue, he makes a point to say, oh, this time the nets were not torn. This time the nets were not broken. I think that's fascinating. Like, what is going on here in the Gospels this morning, right? Before, the disciples didn't have even the ability to keep the kind of catch God was giving them. But then in, in John, at this end moment, right, Jesus is like this whole story, right? We find that, that, that now they're ready, right? This time, this catch, the nets aren't torn. I actually, actually uh, love this little word in the Greek here because uh, it, it's, it's the verb to haul. So I'm naturally attracted to this word. It's the verb to haul. It's helco, right? Look at someone and say, helco! Or not. That's okay. <laughs> I know you guys are with me. It's the same, it's the same verb that's used in chapter 6 uh, when Jesus says, no one can come to me unless drawn. So it's used for drawn here, Helco. No one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me. And then again in, in chapter 12, uh, it says, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw, will Helco, will haul, y'all, all people to myself. And so now, one more time, we get the use of this verb. And I think it's very important to note that, that the reference to the disciples of the catch of fish is now suggesting that, that they will join God, that they are joining Jesus in the drawing all people to himself. There's so much going on here. God's work has actually extended to his disciples here in the text this morning, that they are now part of the hauling in, that they are now part of the drawing others to God, right? The nets are ready. They're getting their own truck, right? We found a few more GMC Sierras, and they're pulling up to the highway. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to try to wrap this up. I think this morning that, that when we talk about abundance in the church, that's hard, isn't it? There's been a lot of, of folks really ruin that conversation for us. You know what I'm saying? Like talking about abundance in the church. And I think the real danger, the real danger this morning is that you and I are now not really able to have that conversation well. Not really able, like, they sort of stole that. <laughs> Let's use they, you know, but are you with me this morning? It's like this sort of like message of abundance has been so hijacked by a number of folks and books and uh, networks that now almost that you and I might miss the entire actual message of abundance 
uh, in the Gospels, in the Scriptures, right, in the Kingdom of Heaven, that, that, that when the time is right, that God actually is doing a new thing, a new abundant thing here, and that we get to be a part of it. So uh, one other, uh, I know this has been very like commentator kind of sermon, but uh, it is really important to note. So Michaela mentioned a couple sermons ago about the seven miracle signs in the Gospel of John, right? This is very significant because John is, this, the whole Gospel is this parallel to creation. I mean, verse 1, it says, in the beginning, right? God created the Word. It's reflective of this whole story, and it leads up to the resurrection. And then all of a sudden, you get this darn epilogue, and it's miracle number 8. I love this. Miracle number 8 on deck, right? Jesus here on the shore of Galilee. Something new is happening. John's like, oh, this is now a new week. This is now a new day. This is day eight. This is about a new creation, right? This is the mark. This is the epilogue. This is the ongoing, the glimpse of the kind of kingdom of heaven kind of abundance, right? This is day eight, right? This is the kind of abundance that uh, brings healing, that is uh, rejuvenating that is for the life of the world that invites everybody to the table this is the kind of abundance that is about shalom here uh, this morning this is the new creation this is day eight it reminds me of the kind of um, it reminds me of the kind of way that that baked into creation is creation's ability to be uh, to rejuvenate itself right if if we'll just protect it if we'll just leave it alone right that the oceans spring forth more life the grass grows even taller you know what i'm saying like this is this is it gives way to hope this morning and so right the kingdom abundance doesn't look like the worldly kind of abundance uh this morning as you know and when someone gets worldly abundance usually uh it means like 10 other people are getting the opposite of abundance right it's it's good for a few um, but that's not what happens here in this text this morning uh, and the kind of new creation abundance that's going on here and that's what the wine was all about that's what the fish were all about this morning and that's what our life is all about that this is good news for all of us and what does it mean this morning that we become available that we become available to throw our nets on the other side to to get out there and to, to, to be open to however God wants us to, to do this work. And I think it's, it's important to note here, you can't miss what happens after this text. Uh, and I don't think it got printed in your handout, or maybe we're reading it in a few minutes. But that they, they what's that? Yeah, I think it's but that they bring the fish in and they have this meal and the next thing that happens is Jesus is like, hey, if you love me, do you love me? You love me, right? Feed my sheep. Three times over. Like this whole catch here, all 153 of these fish, this abundant situation, this is not for Peter. This is not for Peter's pockets and James and John. This is not for like the start of their business. All these fish are for someone else, 
right? All of this abundance is to feed the masses. And so Jesus draws us and directs us and guides us and our call remains, right? Feed my sheep, whatever occurs. We don't control what gets put in the net. Are you with me this morning? We don't control what fish swim in the net, but we do have this calling, this responsibility to haul it in. We get to be co-haulers with God this morning, and we get to feed my lambs if you love me. And so, closing out this morning, I, I do think that Peter had it right, didn't he? Uh, I think, again, again, we learn from Peter. When he puts on his robe, and when he jumps into the water after Jesus, that the treasure this morning is not the catch. The treasure is Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, thank you again for your word that keeps unfolding to us. God, may we be open. May the dash lights continue to flash for us here this morning. God, and help us to be authentic and honest with one another, even in our struggles and even in our pain. And that sometimes it all does feel a little fruitless. But you are the God of all creation. And you are calling us into your work of new creation this morning. May we be a people who joyfully co-haul with you, God, this morning. To be a part of the drawing in. To be a part of the abundance that is not for us. That is not worldly abundance. This is not for our personal well-being, God, but it's good news for all of creation this morning. And for that, we give you thanks. In your name we pray. Amen.